This episode is supported by Active Skin Repair. Active Skin Repair is a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. I just randomly... Vinny was having a toe skin irritation issue and he ended up having this like skin that was really irritating him and it was getting kind of like icky and you know like when kids start to get like little scabs and scratches and then they want to pick at it and it was getting worse and so active skin repair showed up on my doorstep as a result of the sponsorship and I got to put it to use immediately and I got the ointment formula or the like ointment formulation and then also the spray and the spray was perfect so Vinny does not like ointmenty creamy lotiony things on his body but I was able to get out the spray literally took it out of the packaging the day it arrived put it on his toe before he went to bed and the next morning he was like mom my toe's all better. It was literally like this super amazing cure that helped his toes so quickly. So you can use active skin repair on a wide range of skin issues, including cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, other types of skin damage. It's totally safe, non-toxic, suitable on all types of skin, even parts of the body where you might have rosacea or eczema or have acne prone skin. This is also safe for the youngest members of your family up to the oldest. So now you have one simple solution for your family's skin health needs. With over 500 thousand happy customers and thousands of five-star reviews and super safe and clean ingredients active skin repair is something that you want to have on hand for your family so to get your own active skin repair go to activeskinrepair.com to learn more about active skin repair and get 20 percent off your order when you use the code shameless that's activeskinrepair.com use the code shameless for 20 percent off your order activeskinrepair.com code shameless This is the Shameless Mom Academy, episode 619 with Terry Cole. Show notes for this episode, including any links mentioned in the episode, can be found by going to shamelessmom.com and clicking on episode 619. Welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm your host, Sarah Dean. I'm here to give you and other passionate, driven, unapologetic moms tools, resources, and a little bit of humor to help you lead more positive, powerful, and purposeful lives every damn day. One of the best things about the Shameless Mom Academy is our community. So be sure to join us in our free private Facebook group to connect with other shameless moms just like you. You can find us over at shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook. All right, let's dive into today's episode. Terry Cole is a licensed psychotherapist, global relationship and empowerment expert, and the author of Boundary Boss, The Essential Guide to Talk True, Be Seen, and Finally Live Free. For over two decades, she has worked with a diverse group of clients that includes everyone from stay-at-home moms to celebrities and Fortune 500 CEOs. Terry has a gift for making complex psychological concepts accessible and actionable so that clients and students achieve sustainable change. She inspires over 450,000 people weekly through her blog, social media platform, signature courses, and her popular podcast, The Terry Cole Show. When the opportunity to interview Terry landed in my inbox, I jumped because I've heard her speak before a few times over the years, and she's always fire. I cannot wait to share her genius here with you. Also, make sure you check out the free gift she's offering all shameless moms at boundaryboss.me slash shameless. Listen in to hear Terry share what boundaries are, aka your own personal rules of engagement and why they matter, what disordered and dysfunctional boundaries are, the importance of uncovering your downloaded boundary blueprint, the danger of the truth that women are raised and praised to be self-abandoning codependents, 
how to take small steps to better boundaries and pause all of your yeses, why boundaries are crucial in parenting and what disordered boundaries in parenting can look like, how fear shows up and prevents us from setting healthy boundaries and speaking truthfully, and how she works with people through the real love revolution via a deep dive into yourself. I'm so excited to have Terry here, so honored she was able to make this time for us, and I can't wait to share her genius with you. So with all that said, let's welcome Terry Cole to the Shameless Mom Academy. Terry Cole, welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm truly honored to have you here today. Oh, Sarah, thanks for having me. I'm super excited. I was saying before I hit record that you came on my radar a number of years ago when I was listening to Elizabeth D'Alto's podcast, and I was so blown away by your conversation at that time. So when your team reached out to ask about coming on my show, it was like the fastest, easiest yes. So I'm really, really (laughs) excited for you to be here. Meant to be, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. So I always like to start with my guests and learn a little bit about them beyond their bio. So tell us the dynamics of your personal and professional life beyond your bio right now and what you're most excited about. Well, I live in upstate New York in the middle of nowhere on a little farm called Crackpot Farm. So we call it a farm. I mean, it's like, you know, organic vegetables just for us though. And we have chickens and we have geese, which that's what happened to me over the pandemic. (laughs) Other people learned how to make bread or do something. My husband finally wore me down and was like, I really want animals. I was like, oh my my God. And since we weren't going frigging anywhere anyway, I was like, okay. But I do really love, you'll probably hear them at some point. The geese are so unruly. They just don't care. Um, Oh my gosh. Are they up at like all hours? Like I imagine geese making noise at like 4am every day. You know, they have their little houses. So at night we put them in their houses and close the door so that predators don't kill and eat them. And they have a pen, but you know, we get up early to let them out because they are definitely squawking in there wanting to get out as of like (laughs) 6am. I love that you put your geese to bed every night. (laughs) We do. We're so bad. I mean, they are pets. Forget it. We're the worst. (laughs) Oh my gosh. That's amazing. We love them so much. It's ridiculous. And I also film everything from home, which is what I've really always done up until about two years ago, I had an apartment in the East village. And then when I knew I was going to be writing a book, I was like, wow, it's hard enough to have two resident. Like I don't need both places. And you know, we were renting it from friends of ours. I don't know if you know the Astro twins. No. Do you know them? Oh, they're great. Anyway. So Ophira and Adut. So we actually were renting from them for about five and a half years. Anyway, I kept, you know, I knew I needed to be in one place and this happened before I said two years ago, but it's more than that because the pandemic's been going on for two years. So maybe three and a half years ago. So I really started getting more in a way of a balance of just being home. I had not been, I mean, I spent X number of days in New York city. I live about three hours North of the city for the last, I mean, we've been here 17 years, 18 years. And so I was like, wow, I'm really living in the country now, which was interesting. And we did the entire book tour from my uh, yellow chair. And we had a plan to go to Europe, Asia. I mean, we had a big tour planned and then the lockdown. Mm -hmm. And so there was a lot of pivoting happening in the last two years. But it's really, honestly, it's been really wonderful because actually my mom got sick at the beginning of the pandemic, my mother was diagnosed with anal cancer and she's 84 now and she's fine. Thank God. So she survived it, but wow. I I don't wish anyone listening to this to ever know what that entails, 
but she was living with my husband and I while I was trying to finish this book. Like it was a lot during mm. the pandemic. That sounds like a lot. <laughs> it was a lot. And she's the best, but she couldn't wait to get back to her own house. And I couldn't wait for her to get back to her own house. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so that's kind of what that's what I was doing. And what I'm really most lit up about right now is just continuing to empower people all over the world. The book has been incredibly well received. We're already in our third printing. It's been wow. translated into about 10 languages so far. So that is so exciting that people want to have this conversation. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I'm so excited to dig into this. So I have multiple communities within the Shameless Mom Academy and boundaries come up all the time. <laughs> so yeah. I was so excited in prepping for this interview because I was like, every single thing we're going to talk about is just so relevant. And so I'm really curious around why you started this conversation. Hmm. And then can you kind of talk to us, kind of take it back to the basics, explain what boundaries are and why they matter. Okay. What do they say? You know, you teach what you most need to learn. So I was a boundary right. disaster in my young life, like in my 20s. And I was, I've was i been in therapy for a zillion years since I was about 19. And I didn't realize that a lot of the pain that I was experiencing in my life, a lot of the stress, a lot of the constriction, a lot of my resentment was connected to having disordered or dysfunctional boundaries because no one teaches us about boundaries. And I didn't even know what they were until I'd had a bunch of therapy. So then I became a psychotherapist after being a, I was a talent agent negotiating contracts for supermodels and celebrities for almost 10 years. That whole time I was like deep into my own therapy. And I just got to a point in that career where I was sort of at the top of my game. I was running a New York talent agency that was bi-coastal. I was, you know, I had super famous clients. I was traveling first class, all of those things that I thought were going to make me feel the way that I wanted to feel. And I just got to a point where I just couldn't no longer deny that industry was toxic as hell mm -hmm. and that I was never going to feel the way I wanted to feel, no matter how successful or how much money I made. And what I started looking at was how I was getting all of my clients into therapy eating disorder clinics, drug treatment clinics, like that was what I was really lit up about. And I just decided I should become a psychotherapist because that's actually what I care about and what I'm kind of doing now, except maybe I should get a degree. So I quit my job and I became a psychotherapist and opened a private practice immediately. And that was 24 years ago. Wow. When you say 24 years ago, does it seem like, yeah, 24 years or you're like, holy cow, 24 years. I mean, I'm at 19 just, years into my work. And so I'm like 19 years, it's like a lifetime. It's so weird because time is all, mm -hmm. I feel very much the same, except I'm just more knowledgeable, right? Yeah. But my heart is the same. My like lust for life is the same. When I opened my practice though, what really became evident to me was that no matter who walked through my doors and sat down on my couch, their problem their pain, their pain point, what was happening, their conflict, I could just follow the dots backwards to them mm -hmm. having no idea how to establish healthy boundaries and to communicate effectively, which is all a part of having healthy boundaries. So I became more and more passionate as the years went on in my work. 
And I started creating strategies and exercises and tools and guided meditations all sort of around this. And then once I had a public platform, like around, I don't know, 2008 or nine, I started with that, but I didn't have like a legit actual like website that didn't suck until about 2012, (laughs) I'd say. And that started, I started seeing it wasn't just my clients either. It was the greater world. And I became really passionate about making it super accessible to anyone who wants to learn. And that's what inspired me to create a course and eventually write the book. I love it. Okay. So tell us what are boundaries and why do they matter? Well, I think the easiest thing to think about is boundaries are like your own personal rules of engagement. Mm. It's like allowing others to know what's okay with us and what's not okay with us. And comprised in that is you knowing your preferences, your desires, your limits, and your deal breakers, like your non-negotiables, because those things are the things that make up your boundaries, but they're also the things that make up who you are, like in the world, right? Your preferences, your deal breakers, your limits, they're very unique to you, right? Sarah, you have yours. I have mine that would be quite different. So why they matter is that we were taught to not, (laughs) most of us, as I like to say, were raised and praised for being self-abandoning codependents. Can you so, say more about that? Yes, I can. <laughs> That's a big statement that I feel like I need to know more about. Like I'm formulating quick assumptions and connecting dots in my head, but I want you to professionally walk me through it. Well, think about the way that we were raised. If you were raised as a woman, you were taught to be a good girl. Mm-hmm. You were taught to not rock the boat. In my, where I was raised, being nice was like the highest virtue yeah. attainable was we wanted people to think we were nice, which then taught us to deny how we really felt about things, to say yes when we really wanted to say no, Mm -hmm. under the guise of being nice, of being generous, as being perceived a certain way. So we were not taught how to talk true, as the subtitle of my book says, right? We're not taught how to tell the truth about how we feel, because we learned that it's really all about what other people feel, how others feel, whether it is the romantic partners in our lives, whether it is our parents, right? Starts out as our parents and our teachers and then moves into every other relationship. So you can think of being fluent in the language of boundaries like being fluent in any language. So you wouldn't expect yourself to be fluent in Mandarin simply because you wanted to be, Mm -hmm. right? You would go, oh, okay, well, I need to learn yeah. I need someone to teach me. I need to, you know, get conversational before I become fluent. Another thing I want to say about your unique, what I call it is your downloaded boundary blueprint, because each of us was raised in a very particular home setting, right? People who live in different countries, your greater culture, your number, like were you the oldest, were you the youngest, were you the middle child? How what was the dysfunction within the family system? All of those things impact what kind of boundaries we think we're supposed to have in the world. So a big part of what we're doing to become fluent in boundaries is we have to reveal and uncover our own downloaded boundary blueprint. And I think that it's you can think about this as like an architectural blueprint for a house that someone else designed 
decades, maybe even a century ago, that just gets handed down from generation to generation. Like this is the right way to be in the world. This is how we do it basically. So a lot of the work that I do in the book and the work that I do in my courses is that we are going into the basement of your mind, which is the unconscious mind and opening boxes and looking at like questioning these limiting beliefs so that we can then make conscious choices about how we want to be in the world, not necessarily feeling like we have to be the way our folks were or our grandparents were. Right. This episode is supported by AquaTrue. Having clean, safe water is the last thing you want to worry about. But unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four, yes, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants in their tap water. So that's why you got to check out AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers have a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process. And their countertop purifiers, which is what we have, take no installation or plumbing, and they remove 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters. And they're specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAS, which can lead to potentially adverse health effects like cancer, endocrine system disruption, and liver toxicity, which is part of what makes AquaTrue so special, unique, and important in terms of how they are able to filter water. They also have water purifiers to fit every type of home. So like the installation-free countertop purifier that we have at our house to higher capacity under sink options. They even have Wi-Fi connected purifiers and mineral boost options. So I'm so excited about our new AquaTrue. And here's the thing. I swear it's like a gentle reminder to actually drink more water every time you walk into your kitchen. So we are drinking more water now and also more clean water. So more water that is more clean. It feels like a double win. I'm feeling pretty impressed with us. I feel like sink water, tap water becomes invisible at a certain point. And when I see the purifier on my counter, it's like many time a day reminder to like, keep drinking, keep drinking. So I want you to check out AquaTrue for yourself and for your family. AquaTrue comes with a 30 day money back guarantee and that makes it a great gift as well. Today, my listeners, can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter the code SHAMELESS at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com and use the code SHAMELESS, S-H-A-M-E-L-E-S-S, AquaTrue.com code SHAMELESS. This episode is supported by a podcast I want to share with you called Understood Explains. So this show is about navigating ADHD, dyslexia, and other learning and thinking differences, which can be so confusing. And so every uh, season of the show is around a different theme. So there's a season on special education, there's a season on ADHD diagnosis for adults, and the current season is all about IEPs. I love this podcast because the episodes are 10 to 15 minutes long. So if you are short on time or short on focus, you can take this content in super quickly, easily. It's very digestible. And the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert, Juliana Utube. So Juliana talks all about how to navigate educational plans, IEPs. She talks about the differences between IEPs and 504 plans. She really breaks things down in a really clear and simple way so that you have some of those questions that you might be thinking around, like, does this pertain to my child? Is this something I need to be looking into? Like, where do we go from here? Where do I go if I have questions? Juliana has you covered. She explains so many different things and so many different little pieces and nuance of IEPs and special education and different things on Understood Explains. So I want you to go check it out wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can go listen to Understood Explains. Just go into your podcast app, do a search for Understood Explains, and it will pop right up. Click on it, pick your episode, and get the answers that you've been looking for and the support that you need around different learning differences and differences in school.
And yes. And there's, it's interesting. I also am in therapy and <laughs> it's interesting when you start uncovering those things and you see patterns over generations and wow, <laughs> there's a lot to uncover there. And it can be, it's amazing how I think I had some resistance to uncovering things initially. Cause I thought, well, like, first of all, like just fear of the unknown, but also not wanting to like pull up other people's things or dig into other people's things or make other people in your family uncomfortable. But then realizing like how freeing it is to connect dots. And it really is connecting dots and understanding like, oh, this is why I think this way or do that thing or have that need or et cetera, et cetera, which has been for me, like connecting those dots has been invaluable. Right. And I think that your resistance that you shared is incredibly common Mm -hmm. that I can't tell you, I mean, probably thousands of times at this point in my career, if I talk about like, okay, so we kind of need to go back to the scene of the crime, which pretty much is family of origin experiences, most, a lot of them. And they'll say, well, I mean, I should be over it by now. It was like 30 mm-hmm. years ago. Like what mm-hmm. the hell's wrong with me? And it's, you know, I'm a grown up. I can't blame my parents. And I'm like, dude, <laughs> we're not blaming anybody. Yeah. yeah. We can assume people did the best they could with what they knew right? Mm -hmm. What they were capable of doing, but uncovering it for yourself, telling the truth to yourself for yourself about what didn't work, about what was painful, about where your parents failed you because they did just like you'll fail your kids, just like we all do and did. No one is perfect and that's okay. So for me, I'm never like, okay, now you're going to go confront your parents on how they failed you. It's not that it really isn't, but it's like, like you said, you know, I don't want to make others in my family feel uncomfortable. And you're like, why is it always okay for us to be uncomfortable? Mm -hmm. Meaning we're always like, well, I can suck it up. Like I'm fine. Like we're always fine because we're over-functioning type A Mm -hmm. women, right? We (laughs) (laughs) all of the above. (laughs) Yes. The alpha mama's getting it done. But they're the little kid in you, the little kid in me and all of us needs her experience to be honored. Mm -hmm. And I can tell you that before I became a psychotherapist, if you had told me something about the child within, I would have been like, oh, my God, stop. This is stupid. (laughs) Like That's ridiculous. What are you talking about? Yeah, I've rolled my eyes as my therapist has talked about it. I've rolled my eyes more than once. And then when she's right, I'm like, oh, damn it. (laughs) It's so real. Yeah, I cannot tell you. I mean, it took me, you know, six months into into being a professional therapist where I was like, oh, my God, this is everything. This is so important. Mm -hmm. This all of us have these kids who at different phases of development, we have things that hurt us that made us feel insecure about ourselves, a bad interaction. And I mean, if it's extreme, it could be abuse. But what happens is in our adult lives, if we don't honor those experiences in our adult lives, when we get into a similar situation, something that reminds us of that situation, we can just magically turn into a seven-year-old mm-hmm. because that thing needs your attention. There's something that is still charged. So I think that this fear of confrontation, which is so profound, this fear of conflict, which is so deep in so many of us. I mean, I was the most avoider I mean, I hated it so much. And I learned, of course, in my family of origin to just smooth things over, just make it easy, make things flow. We're always the, 
you know, in particular, women, we've been the assuagers, mm-hmm. right? We're like the producers of life, making sure everything just keeps on going. And yet there's been an incredible expense. And I think about boundaries that if you don't become proficient at the very least and understand the, where your boundaries need shoring up and need work, this is like a glass ceiling of our own making. Because you can only be so successful. You will only be so known in your life. Because when you really think about the biggest tragedy of all of this is that if we're saying yes, when we want to say no, or endlessly sucking it up, the people in our lives don't really intimately or authentically know us. So how can anyone authentically love us? You know what I mean? If we never let them. Yeah. Authentically know us because we're constantly managing them. And that's the self-abandonment piece. And I know you talk about, you touch on that in the book, you state that in many cultures and around the world that women are raised and praised to be self-abandoning codependence. And so that's dovetails right into what you just said, that when we self-abandon, then no one gets to know us because we aren't, there's like no room for us to be who we really are to show up as our truest selves. Right. But we also, it's like a one-way ticket to bitter land. Yes. <laughs> because there's only so long that we can do this whole selfless trip. I mean, if you've seen anyone's mother, maybe your own mom, someone else's mom, you know, who becomes like a total martyr, right? Like after everything I've done for you, that type of person, you don't think that that person set out to become a martyr, do you? No. No. They set out overgiving, abandoning themselves, not speaking up. And what happens is you start thinking that people owe you for the things that you're doing that they're not even asking you to do. And you end up angry and martyred and bitter and nobody wants to be around you. So again, another reason why getting it together with your boundaries, there's the payoff is so profound in the quality of your life and your relationships. And listen, it's a heavy lift. I wrote a whole friggin' book on it, but it is a heavy lift and you gotta be, it's not for the weak at heart, you know? So how do we get started? Like, how do we start to build boundary skills? Well, I think the easiest way to start, if you're someone who has difficulty saying no to others, is to simply stop the insta yes. Stop Mm. that auto yes. That is an ingrained response or reaction. So you just, everybody listening, you can say, okay, for seven days, I'm not going to agree to anything. Every person who asks me to do something, I'm going to say, oh, hey, I have a new 24-hour decision-making policy, so I'll let you know tomorrow. Or you say, hey, I need to check my schedule, so I'll let you know. Or I need to check with my partner or my sister or my roommate, whatever. I'll get back to you. Or I want to think about it. How about that? I love that. And I think that, and this is something I've talked about with clients before around making yourself take that pause because, and it totally takes practice because if you have been practicing saying yes forever to -hmm. your point, like just to start out with a no is like, that feels like an impossible leap, Yep. but to start with just that pause of, I'm going to get back to you. It's amazing. First of all, just practicing that, like the sense of power that you can have, but also it's amazing what you can think through during that pause to come to a really clear answer that's connected to you versus that yes, that's connected to someone else that you were about to give up. Yes, because that yes might be really the people pleasing part of you 
yeah. might be all about the other person's approval, but then you're going to be mad or you're going to bail at the last minute. You're going to suddenly get a magical migraine and you will find your way not to do that thing, or you will force yourself and do it super begrudgingly. And none of that is good for anyone. That's energy you're bringing in. And it's so much easier, kind of as you had said, Sarah, it's so much easier to come back and say no than it is to say no after you've already said yes. Right. And once you've done it a few times, then for me, at least, like you're like, I'm never saying yes to anything again. Like this feels so great. (laughs) There's so much spaciousness. I've had this a lot with like setting boundaries around my schedule as an entrepreneur and doing things like interviews and calls and all these kinds of things. And at first I, for years, I was like, whenever's convenient for other people, like they're doing me a favor by offering their time. And then it got to a point a few years ago where I started setting boundaries and I was like, my limited, it was like endless, like limits I was putting in place around like, I'm available one day a month for 20 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) I have to tell you though, there's something to be said for Mm -hmm. when you start doing it, how shocking it can be, how other people are fine. Or yes, are I grateful. Say that. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yes. <laughs> like, thanks for letting me know that. Yeah. I appreciate really it. It's really amazing. <laughs> yeah. It's really amazing. And I will say, as I started making like things just tighter in my schedule, or not tighter, but tighter for me, like having more boundaries around my schedule, I was waiting for like the emails <laughs> and literally mm-hmm. nobody noticed or cared. And I now really appreciate when someone's says that they want to hop on a call and they give me two options. I'm like, thank Mm -hmm. you. Because if someone says, send me some times that work, I'm like, Oh, Holy cow. Now I have to get out my calendar and I have to like, look through a month's worth of options and Uh send you a list of five. And I'm like, now you've asked me to do like 30 minutes of work. If you just send me two times and I only have to pick, that's like a seven second decision. (laughs) Exactly. And I feel like you respect my time. Totally. Instead of putting the, the onus on me. Basically, I have to tell you, when it comes to self-protection, I mean, I've become a master and I have a home phone in my house Mm -hmm. because we don't have, we live so far in the woods that there's no cell service here. So we have to keep a home line in case we lose electricity, which we do quite often in the winter. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Anyway, that's the only reason I have a home line, but I have a message on there that says, we never use this phone. (laughs) We will not listen to any messages. Don't leave any. I love it. That's it. On my cell phone. People call me. I go, you know who you are. Text me. So I have the same on my cell phone. I say, you can leave a voicemail, but know that I will respond faster if you text me your question instead. Yeah, I'm straight up like, don't leave a voicemail. Yeah, don't know. Because I don't want to check it and I'm not going to. And I think that really letting people know if someone says, just the other day, someone said to me, hey, can you hop on a quick call? And I said, I'm in the middle of something. I'd prefer you write the question in a text. Love it. Because I don't want to. Like, what are you doing that, you know what? Stop, pull over. <laughs> yeah. I don't need to get on a call because I don't want to. And that's yeah. my choice. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think protecting our time, there's a whole thing that I teach around boundaries in business and for entrepreneurs, because you can set your team and the people who work with you and your clients up to succeed or to fail. It's your choice. Like you just said, you can let them decide what the things are and then you can Mm -hmm. hate what they decide or from the beginning. Anyone who works for me, we're like, these are our working hours. This is what it is. You have weekends off unless we're in a launch and then you don't. Here are all the things. This is the best way to get in touch with Terry. All of us have voice notes on the phone because that's how Terry likes to communicate. 
and it's my friggin' team. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's not a democracy. I don't care when you have your own team, you can figure out how you want to communicate, but it has to be the most convenient for me so that I can do the things that they can't do. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And so and that they you love can be it. your truest self. Cause that gives you the space to then be in your zone of genius and be as bring your gifts to the world in the best way possible, which then the world you benefit and the world therefore benefits more. So it's, there's like a cycle there. That's very, well, it serves you best. It's also serves the world best. Yes. I'm also not setting my team up for me to be resentful of them mm-hmm. because yeah. that's not cool. Yeah. They can't read my mind. Yeah. So they'd never have to. I'm like, hey, something weird just happened in the meeting. Is something weird between you two? Because if it is, figure it out after this call, please. Like, nobody is bringing their unresolved childhood bullshit into my team. We're not. So if you're out in therapy, get into it now. And I will just full on say, I noticed something. It made me uncomfortable. I'm pretty much never wrong when it comes to those things. So you guys work it out. If you need me to mediate, I will. And people know they appreciate it because nobody likes a toxic work environment, you know? Right. Yeah, absolutely. This episode is supported by Earn In. Life doesn't happen biweekly, so why should payday? The money you earn now can be in your hands today with Earn In. Earn In is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work, up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. Super, super easy to use. You just download the Earn In app and verify your paycheck. Then you can access up to $100 a day as you work and leave an optional tip. So the app is free. You can leave a tip if you want. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. So here's the thing. Sometimes getting close to your next paycheck, next pay period, and you realize, oh gosh, like paycheck doesn't come until next Friday, but we have this event that we need to attend this weekend and we need money for it. Or we have to buy a gift for someone. Or, oh my gosh, like my kid tore through their shoes and now we have to buy new shoes this weekend and the money's not in the bank yet. So Earnin can help you access the money you've already earned at work by giving you this little bit of money in advance. So make Earnin part of your financial routine and join Earnin's over three and a half million customers who say things like, when I think about Earnin, I think about financial stability and security, and it gives me a lot of peace of mind. So for our listeners, all you need to do is download Earn In today. It's spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, and you can download it in Google Play or the Apple App Store. When you download the Earn In app, type in Shameless Mom under podcast when you sign up. So there'll be a little place where you can, where it says, what podcast did you hear about them on? Type in Shameless Mom under podcast. This helps to show support for our show and our advertisers. Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank, and subject to your available earnings, daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey, <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. How can boundaries affect parenting? Let's talk about that a bit. Oh, man. (laughs) We could do eight episodes on that. (laughs) We definitely could. (laughs) Listen, boundaries and parenting are so incredibly important from little kids having some kind of a schedule that the kid can understand, having boundaries where you don't give a kid who's three 
17 choices because they don't have the cognitive ability to make those choices. Like, what do you want for dinner? And is it okay if mommy does that? Like, stop asking a three-year-old for permission, please. Mm -hmm. Boundaries mean you're the parent. Yeah. And that kids have a bedtime. You eat around the same time. This is according to me. Some people are going to disagree. That's fine. But I think the boundaries, literally, your children are not your friends. Yeah. Even if they're teenagers, even if you're very fond of each other and love each other very much, it is never appropriate for you to talk to your teenage daughter about your sex life. Right. Right. So those are emotional boundaries. Then we have the physical boundaries, right? Do you keep your bedroom sort of off limits to little kids or not? I know some people have family bed, that's fine. But I mean, understanding that some privacy is good in parenting. When a kid knows that you're in charge, they feel secure. Right. When they have too much power over you, they feel insecure. They want to know what that you have it. But if you're like, well, is it okay? And okay, so you're mad. So then I'll do your homework for you or whatever. There's so much of this infantilizing mm-hmm. that people write into me. I mean, I'm not imagining it. These are people sending me emails yeah. about children who are, you know, a 12 year old who is like, well, if I do this, then you have to let me get up at five o'clock in the morning and come in your room and play video games. And right. Like, <laughs> My son you- totally tries to negotiate like that too. Like, I'll do this for you so that you can do it. Like the other day, he told, he gave me some choices of what I could make him for dinner. He's like, well, mom, you can make me like this, this, or this. And I was like, yeah, no, that's not how this is going down. <laughs> no, it's not. This is what we're having for dinner. And yeah. as my mother used to say, it's okay if you don't like it, you know how to make yourself a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Yeah. yeah. So all of this indulgence, I feel like is a lack of boundaries mm-hmm. that it is really a burden on a kid. And every time I see people saying, my daughter's my best friend, I'm thinking you're not your daughter's best friend. Yeah. And you are like a burden right now. You are making your daughter feel like she is somehow responsible for mm-hmm. you talking to kids, even if they're teenagers about inappropriate things about the other parent, if you're divorced or if you're not using them as like a confidant, all of that is disordered boundaries, unhealthy and so bad for the kid. It's like, as kids grow, we want them to be the center of their world. We don't try to stay the center of their world. We hope not. You hope you Right. I mean, have you ever read the prophet? Right. We are the bows and they are the arrows. And it's a privilege to have them for a period of time where we can influence them. And then we let them go. And we hope that they create their own lives and their own careers and they have experiences and they live, you know, elite. Listen, whatever. That's my two cents on it. I'm not sure if that is helpful. It's super helpful. And it reminds so my first career was working with kids in a psychiatric hospital. And these kids came from really hard backgrounds. Um, Most of them were coming from the foster care system and had been in the Mm -hmm. foster care system for some time. But what was interesting, what we noticed over and over is we had like ridiculously tight protocols around schedule and routine and which was like so overly redundant for those of us who worked mm-hmm. <laughs> that it was annoying. Right. But for the kids, to your point, it was that stability created a sense of security that many of them had never had because a lot of them were in foster homes where 
they had different boundaries in every foster home, first of all, but a lot of times because the foster homes they were in knew that these were kids in crisis, they didn't set a lot of boundaries because they wanted just to like love on them, which was great in many ways, but there wasn't, they didn't know where the boundaries were. And then yeah. that created a lot of chaos for them. And so being in the hospital where it was like, here's what we're doing every single minute of the day. And yep. it's the same every single day. And you always know yep. what to expect. That's exactly right. And the consistency, right? When people are securely attached, yeah, right? Emotionally and in relationships, you're consistent. You know, someone who is securely attached is the same. Doesn't mean you never get mad, but you know what you're going to get with that person. Right. They're pretty much always the person you know. And a lot of times with people who are more insecurely attached, if we're talking about attachment theory, there's this up and down. You never know what you're going to get basically, which is terrifying. So predictability, having a routine is very comforting to children, little kids, but even bigger kids having a dinner time, having a, you know, knowing, oh, like on Fridays we order pizza or Mm -hmm. we watch movies on this day. They know what to expect. It gives them things to look forward to, but it makes them feel masterful in a way that, the not knowing, the chaos that you described does not make them feel masterful, makes them feel vulnerable and afraid. Absolutely. Can you talk about some of the most common obstacles that prevent people from setting healthy limits and speaking truthfully? I mean, fear is probably mm. the biggest one. We're just afraid of being rejected, of being judged, of being you know, left by the tribe, right? From a, like a visceral or a primal point of view. You know, if you get kicked out of the tribe, you could die. And a lot of us have that fear that so much that we're, and we have this exaggerated fear. It's a child's fear, which is why a lot of times people don't do it. Think about the myths around boundaries. Yeah, to set, see, to, yeah, I'll tell you, because, tell us those. <laughs> because they are, I mean, I've heard them so many times from people. If I have good boundaries, it means I have to be mean. It means I'm being selfish. It means I'm always saying no to people. It means I'm being a bitch. I think having hard boundaries, which of course I never said hard boundaries, but this is how people hear it, even if you don't say it that way, means that um, it's going to be the blocks to my relationships. No, (laughs) to all of those things, because people misunderstand. They think that someone being like demanding is someone having healthy boundaries. That's not true. That is just as dysfunctional a boundary as someone being a pushover or a chameleon, right? Healthy boundaries means there's a give and take, there's a conversation, and you're also allowed to have your non-negotiables, right? Your deal breakers, where you're like, hey, let's just say I'm someone, because I've been in recovery for many years, I've never wanted to date anyone in recovery. Simply because I was like, hey, one addict in a relationship is enough. That's it. That's my choice. It's I don't yeah. need anyone's approval. I don't care what anyone thinks about that. That's my own, right? And everyone, we're all allowed to have our unique preferences, desires, limits, and non-negotiables. Those make up your boundaries. And the more you start sharing, let's just say your preferences. If you're someone who, you know, is endlessly being like, you know me, I'm easy, no fuss, no muss. You know, the person who's like, I have no opinion on anything. Whatever you guys want is good for me. I want you to stop doing them and really Mm -hmm. think about, because that can't be true all the time. And of course, sometimes there are things, there are things, certainly, truthfully, 
that I go to my husband. I don't care, babe, you pick. He's picking out a car. Do you care what color it is? No, I do not care. I want to make sure it's good in the snow. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. If you want to pick the color, feel free. So I think that the myths around boundaries are also something that stop people from setting them. But the real thing that stops them, Sarah, is not knowing how, is not having language. I mean, one whole chapter in Boundary Boss is just scripts for every situation you could possibly ever find yourself in. That's Whether, so valuable because that is literally what we need. Like, give me the sentence to use and then I can practice it, <laughs> you know? Yes. Yes. And you can make it your own because what a lot of them I've also created are like sentence stems or sentence starters so that you're like, oh, hey, Bob from accounting. (laughs) You know what I mean? So funny, (laughs) Terry, I use Bob from accounting. That is like my default. No. It's my default corporate guy, Bob from accounting. Oh my God. (laughs) That is so funny. And I use Bob and Betty are always my default oh, people and the I poor don't people. I Betty, but now maybe I'll start. But it's always Bob from accounting. <laughs> oh God, that is so funny. But you can, once you have that language and start visualizing how to do it, I actually teach you in the book and in my courses how to create a proactive boundary success plan. Mm. So, you know, because a lot of people are like, well, I've been in a relationship for 15 years and I've been a boundary disaster. How am I going to just suddenly become a boundary boss? Right. I'm like, well, it's not going to be sudden. We're going to take our time. We're going to take into consideration everything about the other person. We're going to approach them at the right time. You can always start with a positive, right? These are people we love that we just want to tell the truth to. And not always, because if it's a Bob from accounting, I definitely don't (laughs) love him. But (laughs) you know, if you have to say no to something that's important to someone you care about, You can say, listen, I am so proud of you and I love you so much. And this is so hard, but I really can't go on Wednesday night because I have a presentation on Thursday morning. I love you. Please have somebody film it or whatever, you know, and we don't have to convince people of our boundaries, right? Because I think that a lot of times we feel like we need to have a good enough reason to say no, but there is something loving and healthy about providing context in the relationships that you want to, you know, your more VIP relationships. Yeah, absolutely. Oh my goodness. This is so helpful. And I feel like this is such, we've like just started to get like a taste of how many of um, myself included, but I'm guessing many of our listeners too are like, oh, there's so much I could do with this. And there's so many not only so many directions that I could practice boundaries in different ways, but also so much depth to like practicing boundaries in layered ways. Can you tell us about, I know you have the book and then you have courses. So tell us a little bit about how you work with people and what all that looks like and entails. Yes. Okay. So actually I have a course that is just starting right now, just starting today. Yes. As we, yes. For people as we listening in live this. time, the week of January 26th, this is for you. <laughs> and meaning the first module just dropped. We haven't even had the first Q and A yet. Yes. So that course is called the real love revolution. And that is a course that is all about self-love and other love. So it's for people who are single wanting to be partnered and people who are in relationships who either know they could be better or they could be more authentic in the relationship. So it is a deep dive into yourself. That is basically what that is. One whole week though, we do boundaries. I give you scripts. There's a whole thing each week we handle different things and it's people from, I mean, I've had people from 230 countries Wow. Go through this course. So it's so awesome to have humans from all over the world 
sharing this amazing experience. We don't have the group on Facebook. We have it on a private server that I have just for safety purposes. Mm -hmm. And so it is a, there's 10 modules, but then I have a bonus module. So really we're together for three months. So if you feel like hanging out with me for three months, doing a deep dive, you can go to terrycole.com forward slash R L R. And all the information is right there for you. Oh my gosh. I love it. We will make sure to link that up in the show notes. And then final question for you. And then I'm going to get more notes from you. So sure. Cause I have a gift for you guys as well. Perfect. Perfect. Okay. So my final question is how are you currently showing up as a shameless stepmom? We haven't even touched on you as a mom. So can right. you talk a little bit about you're a stepmom and how old are your children? And then how do you show up as a shameless stepmom? Well, my kids keep in mind, I've been with my husband 25 years. And when I came on the scene, my husband was widowed when the boys, so I have three sons who were five, three, and one. Oh my goodness. When my husband's wife, Donna died of cervical cancer. Oh and gosh. so I came in like 12 years later. Mm. So they were teens. They were 17, 14, and 13, I think when I came in. So that was a very interesting time. So I have seven grandbabes. Like, <gasps> I mean, my kids oh. are grown. Oh my <laughs> gosh. Okay. So you can and, choose, maybe you want to yeah. talk about being a shameless grandmother then. <laughs> you can choose. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, what's funny about the whole step thing, even though, I mean, that is accurate, is that like, because I never felt a step between us, you know what I mean? They so mm. desperately needed a mom yeah. figure and they just were my found family. Like it was just really my dharma, my destiny or these people. And so I never really questioned. I had never been married before. I was 10. I am 10 years younger than my husband. I'm only 14 years older than my oldest son. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I was like, you people are it, man. This is, I am coming in. We're going to get it together. Cause it was, you know, like moving into a frat house in Elizabeth, New Jersey, basically it was just a nightmare <laughs> and talk about chaos out of control. Yeah. But I just loved my, I still just am so madly in love with Vic that I was madly in love with the kids immediately. They were mm-hmm. acting out teens. I did not even care. I was like, I, I know, know falling in love with three teenagers, me. like <laughs> that yeah. makes a special person. That it just was meant to be. And trust me, you know, lots and lots of family therapy, many, many crying days and scared things. I really thought they were all going to become criminals and they're none of them are criminals now, (laughs) which is wonderful. (laughs) But I just show up and Mm -hmm. my husband and I both support them in centering their lives around their families. So -hmm. whoever has the youngest baby, when it's not a pandemic, we travel to them over the holidays. Like we don't make it be that like, oh, it all has to revolve around us. Mm-hmm. No, we'll come to you. We do a family vacation every summer. Vic and I rent a place somewhere, whether it's the Jersey shore or wherever. There's all different places that we've gone over the years. And then we, we all meet there for at least one week. And then we usually see them because we have one who lives in Montreal, one lives in Dallas and one lives in Chicago. So they're all over the place. Wow, yeah. It's amazing. Oh my gosh. I love it so much. Oh, thank you for sharing us with us that glimpse into that other part of your life. That was really fun to hear about and do a little deeper dive. Okay. So tell people where they can find you, connect with you, get all your good stuff. So we have real love revolution. That's at terrycole.com slash RLR. Did I get that right? You did. And And I have a gift for your listeners, which is it's about codependency and boundaries. Because this is a problem for so many folks, 
that I guarantee you it's a problem for you guys too. So mm-hmm. there's a video and there's a downloadable guide and questions you can ask to really figure out like, where are you on this spectrum right now? And you will find that at boundaryboss.me forward slash shameless. Awesome. I will link that up in the show notes as well. Love that. Yes. And you you, guys can follow me on Instagram. That's just at Terry Cole. My website is Terry, T-E-R-R-I-C-O-L-E. I I also have a podcast I've had for seven years. Yeah. Tell us about your podcast. It's just called the Terry Cole show to keep it easy. But I put out one or two episodes a week and have for seven years um, where I interview folks. And I also do standalone ones about everything, mental health, you know, emotional maturity, everything that's going on in the world, anything people ask me about, I make shows about and talk about, and I always give you downloadable guides so that you can apply it to your life because it doesn't help you that much if you can't apply it to your life, you know? So they can get that anywhere you get your podcast. It's just called the Terry Cole show. Love it. Okay. We will link everything up. So if people go to shamelessmom.com, click on the episode with Terry Cole, we'll have everything linked in the show notes. Oh my gosh, Terry, this has been Everything I hoped it would be and more. So I can't thank you enough for being here, for sharing your brilliance and just being so generous with your time and energy. And I want everyone to go get the free gift. So go check out <laughs> Real Love Revolution and then learn more about Terry because the world needs this work so much. So I'm so grateful for you. Well, thank you so much for having me, Sarah. I really appreciate the work that you're doing too. And we'll have to do this again. Definitely, definitely. Thank you so much for joining me in the Shameless Mom Academy today. I really, really appreciate you being here and I hope you learned something new. As always, this conversation will be continued over in our free private Facebook group. You can join that group by going to shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook to connect with other shameless moms just like you. Additionally, if this is your first time listening to the show, know that we are here every Monday and Wednesday with a brand new episode. So make sure you subscribe, go to whatever podcast app you use and subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. You can do that directly if you go to shamelessmom.com forward slash review that will put you in Apple Podcasts where you can click on the subscribe button and you can also leave a review. If you scroll down a little bit, you can leave a five-star review. You can write a few sentences letting me know what you thought about the show. If you let me know how the show has impacted you in becoming a more shameless mom, you might be nominated to be shameless mom of the week. Also, please share this episode. My goal is to help more mamas be more shameless every damn day. So please do share this episode. You can take a screenshot of the episode on your phone and then share it out on social media. Tag me at the Shameless Mom Academy on Facebook or Instagram. I'm quick to reply and eager to send you Facebook love and love to be connected to all of you. So again, thank you for being here. I can't wait to be back here again with you in just a couple days. And until then, no matter what you do today, make sure you do it shamelessly. Are you overwhelmed by the things that get in the way of you doing what you want to do? Are you looking for ways to simplify life to better align with your values? Do you want to create space in your schedule so you have room for more of the good stuff? Play, joy, relationships, gratitude, and more? If you answered yes to any of these questions, I invite you to check out Edit Your Life, a podcast to help you edit the unnecessary from your life so you have more room to enjoy the awesome. Through episodes with me, Christine Co, and a range of super smart, compassionate, and thoughtful guests, you'll come away with big picture insights and practical ways to declutter your home, schedule, and mental space without getting bogged down by perfection. 
I have always believed that small moments and actions matter tremendously. My goal is to help you find agency and space in your life through doable baby steps that will leave you feeling accomplished instead of overwhelmed. Check out Edit Your Life wherever you enjoy your podcasts.